Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. How many of you, as Christians, have prayed and it seemed like your prayers just hit the ceiling and fell back down? If you've prayed more than a half a dozen times in your life, this has happened. And one of the great questions is, someone will say, well, where is God at in this time? Whenever I'm praying to him, and it seems like you're not answering my prayer. It seems like you're not hearing my prayer. And just where are you? And <laughs> you, you, you begin to pray and, and you, you begin to look for answers and you don't see any answers. You don't feel any better. And it just seems like your prayers just bounce off the ceiling. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. You know, Brother Ronnie has, has preached about praying specifically, persistently, and desperately, which he'd done all that Saturday. And he says all the answers are either no, grow, slow, or go in that, in, that, in that order. And my theory is God always answers in three ways. Ronnie says four, and they all fit into my three, which is yes, no, or wait a while. And we hate that wait a while, don't we? It really, it's really hard for us to think, okay, God, we're going to wait on you. We're going to go ahead and... And put our faith and trust in you. And we're going to sit here patiently and wait. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I would guess that probably 90% of you people, if I said, are you very patient? You're going to go, no. And we don't like to wait. Isn't it great to go to the doctor's office and he, he gets called out on an emergency and the nurse comes out and she says, I'm sorry, but the doctor had to leave and there's going to be a 45-minute wait. We all say, oh, good, don't we? <laughs> no, we all say, I'm going down to McDonald's and get me something to eat and then I'll be back. Because we don't like to wait. And as I was thinking about, about prayer, do you realize how important your prayers are? Do you realize that it takes the entire trinity of God to hear your prayer? I get this look from Lee. He's saying, where are you going with this, preacher? It takes the entire trinity, all three parts of God, to hear your prayer. Now I'm going to throw this, kind of break it down just a little bit, because sometimes whenever you begin to talk about the Trinity, things get a little bit complicated, and uh, people don't understand how this great big God that we serve can have three different parts and still all be God. So as I was uh, uh, bringing this out and to help Brother Lee understand, <laughs> I'm going to kind of give you an analogy a little bit. How many of you have ever mailed a letter? Did you ever put a check in there to some company 
for maybe your insurance or your electric bill. Well, of course, we do all that online now, so that's the reason I ask you, because whenever you took that check or that letter and put it in your mailbox, it's like when you kneel down to pray. You have a message to deliver. You have a question to deliver. And what happens when, the mail, uh, when that letter is in the mailbox? The letter carrier or mailman or mailwoman, whichever you have, comes up, opens the box, and takes it out and delivers it for you. Right? Delivers it to wherever. Well, actually, it goes, <laughs> if you live in our area, it goes to, to, uh, to our local post office, and they, then they send it to St. Louis, and they send it back to their local post office again. I never understood that. But anyway... The mail carrier delivers the mail. Now, if we stop and think about whenever we pray, someone delivers our prayers. And that would be one part of the Trinity of God, which would be the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen or oh me, one of the two. And <laughs> whenever the mail, the mail person delivers the mail to a company, who is the first one to get it? Is it the CEO? The secretary. You're absolutely right. And that secretary looks at that and opens this letter and says, Oh, this needs to go to so-and-so, or this, this check needs to go to the, to the uh, accounting department, or it decides exactly where it's going to go. And whenever this letter is delivered and our prayer is delivered by the Holy Spirit, it goes to Jesus. And Jesus takes a look at it. And he says, oh, there's a decision needs to be made here. So I'm going to send it on to the guy who can answer it, which would be God the Father. So it takes the entire trinity for our, our prayers to be answered because we, we pray by the Holy Spirit through Jesus to the Heavenly Father. Now let's get all this straight because we need to understand exactly where our prayers are going and exactly how they work. If we want them to work, and if we want to uh, continue to say, well, I'm going to pray specifically, persistently, or desperately, we need to know what we're doing. Amen. You know, even the disciples, <laughs> if you have your Bibles... Let me uh, get ahead of myself just a little bit. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. Whenever your children were little, how many of you wanted them to say dada first? <laughs> How many of you wanted them to say mama first? That's kind of biased, isn't it? <laughs> but we begin to teach them to talk. And some of them, it, it comes really natural. <laughs> we teach them to talk, and we can't wait for them to take that first step. And once they become teenagers, we think, why in the world did we do that? <laughs> Will you sit down and shut up? But we have to learn even how to pray. The disciples who walked with Jesus for three and a half years had to learn how to pray. 
And they even asked Jesus, they said, teach us to pray. Teach us what we're supposed to do. We don't really, it's not natural for us to do that. It's not natural for us to talk to someone who we cannot see. Years ago, I, I preached a message on the radio. Hardest message I've ever preached. Because it was me and a microphone. And I didn't know who I was talking to. And sometimes our prayers feel like that. Sometimes our prayers feel like they just get out there and, and die. Now, the first reason that I find that our prayers don't, don't get answered is because we don't really ask. Because we're too timid. We don't pray specifically for things because we think, you know, this is not important enough for God to answer. We think that God has so much to do taking care of all the people in the world that does he really care about the minute thing that's going on in my life? Does he? Absolutely. And... <laughs> In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come, how? Boldly. Boldly to the throne. To the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Once in a while, we need to walk up to God and say, God, I need this. Amen? We need to be bold and, and, and ask for what we want. Specifically, we need to ask once in a while, Lord, don't let it rain for a few hours. We need to, we need to boldly talk to God. And, and if we're not careful, we let God intimidate us. Have you ever been intimidated? I'll tell you what. Years ago when I first started preaching, people like Lee and Gary and Ronnie would intimidate me whenever I preached because they're supposed to know have all the answers <laughs> and then once in a while Ray says something stupid and he, and he gets this look from people like Lee saying hmm I have to talk to him after church and if we're not careful God intimidates us because he's so much greater than these three guys that I named he's so great he created the world by speaking it into existence. And whenever, whenever we meet somebody that is far more educated than us or far more uh, prestigious than us, we get kind of intimidated. But the Bible tells us to approach the throne of grace with boldness. Get some backbone, people. Whenever you're praying, say, God, this is what I need. I need this. Now, in James, it tells us another reason why some of our, our, our prayers aren't answered. It's because we're asking for the wrong thing. Amen? You know, God could have answered Ronnie's prayer with a bunch of ponchos. I heard the story of a guy praying for a new Cadillac one time. And he prayed and prayed and prayed and, and nothing happened. Pretty soon he started praying for transportation. And the Lord gave him a bicycle. <laughs> Sometimes we ask for things that 
we really don't need, but we want. Amen? Amen. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we ask wrong. And in James it says, <laughs> you ask and you do not receive because you have asked amiss or the wrong way or for the wrong thing. It's, and James says that you may spend it on your pleasures. I have a lot of pleasures that God has blessed me with. And he will bless you with pleasures also. But we need to ask for things that glorify God. And sometimes if he gives us pleasures and we use those pleasures to glorify him, he will bless us. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, we pray in the wrong attitude. Now, this is where I was wanting to get to. Because whether you realize it or not, your attitude speaks volumes about you. Your attitude will make people like you or make people dislike you. Have you ever met that person that had this, this really attitude that you just couldn't deal with? Whenever I was still working, there was this guy in... I'm not going to mention these names. I don't think you'd know him anyway. But he had the attitude that he knew everything. And no one else knew anything. And it was his way or the highway. You all know that person? You all got a picture of somebody in your head, don't you? <laughs> one day him and I had a kind of a dispute. I don't know why anybody wouldn't like me. <laughs> but we had this dispute and he got mad and he called me everything except a white man one day and I just stood there and said okay and this dispute happened to be about a door opening and, and airflow and I wanted it one way and he wanted it another way and he got so mad, he, he quit talking to me. And, and he had the attitude that if he didn't like you, he just wasn't going to talk to you. He, he just, forever. There's one guy that we worked with that they never did talk after about the first six months that this guy worked there because they didn't like each other. And I didn't want that to happen. So the next morning I come in, walked by this guy, said, good morning, Jim. After he had cussed me out and... Up one side and down the other. And all I heard was. Rum, 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 rum. Next morning I come in. Good morning Jim. This went on for about a week. And pretty soon I said. Good morning Jim. How are you? I'm okay. And pretty soon. I come in. I say. Good morning Jim. He said. Good morning Ray. See our attitude can change the way people feel about us. And our attitude can change the way God feels about us. He loves us all unconditionally. But you know what? I find that I love everybody. There's some people I just don't like. But I have to love them. Amen? Because God wants us to. Now, In Matthew chapter 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, starting with verse 5. 
It says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. You see that how they got their prayers answered? They got their prayers answered by someone saying, oh, that was a beautiful prayer. We're so glad you were standing there on the corner. But verse 6 says, but when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. You see, when we get serious with God and go to our prayer closet or wherever we go to be alone with God, our attitude changes because we learn how much that we really need to rely on God. Now, verse 7 says, And when you pray, do not use vain reputations as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for many for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. God knows what you need. Amen. He knows exactly what you, what you are desiring. He knows that what, uh, how to answer your prayer. And he knows how to take care of you. <laughs> and all he's waiting for you to do is ask. With the right attitude. With the attitude of, God, if you'll give me this, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to use it for your glory in some way. With that kind of an attitude, instead of the attitude of a lot of the world today is, gimme, 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 I want, 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 want. You see, our attitude should be for what pleases God. Now, he goes on down. The next, the next verse, and I'm going to ask you all to repeat or say in unison the next part of this verse. And it says, in this manner, therefore, we pray. Are you ready? Our. power and the glory very good you all know that part but now do we practice that you see when the disciples said Lord teach us to pray this is the model that he give us to follow it's not the prayer that we should pray every day but it is a model of how we should pray and Saying the Lord's Prayer out of memory is not really praying because you're not praying from your heart. You're praying from your mind. So whenever Jesus said, I'm going to teach you to pray, when the disciples asked, because if the disciples asked for anything, Jesus always answered, just like he will you. Yes, no, or wait a while. And he said, after this fashion, pray. Or in this manner, pray. Like this. First, address who you're talking to. 
whether it's, hello, God, it's me again, or our Heavenly Father, or our Father in Heaven, however you begin your prayers, the first thing you need to do is address who you're talking to, even though He knows. He said, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be really, really great if things on this earth was like they're going to be in heaven? It would make me want to just stay here. Then he said, give us this day our daily bread. That's when we we ask for what God has for us. When we ask for what we want and what we need. Now, this next one. Number one reason your prayers don't get past the ceiling. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He goes on down in in verse 14 and says, For if you forgive man their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, but... Don't you hate it when that word's thrown in there? But... (laughs) If you do not... Forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. And my friend, if we have trespasses in our life, if we have sin in our life, God may not, may not uh, listen to us and may not answer our prayers. Because we, do, we don't have forgiveness in our hearts. We need to be like Jesus. Jesus, forgive everybody. And we, as Christians, need to uh, start remembering that we cannot hold a grudge and expect God to answer our prayers. But it is human nature. Get me once. And I'm going to get you back. We have revenge in our hearts. And if we want to answer prayer, that has to be removed. Sometimes people do things to us that is very difficult for us. I see a lot of times on, or not a lot of times, but once in a while on the news where someone has had their child murdered and they publicly say, I forgive him, the one who killed him. That's mercy. That's forgiveness. And we have to have that in our own hearts if we want God to answer our prayers. If we want our prayers to go above the ceiling, We have to get rid of all the grudges in our lives. And we have to be willing to forgive. Now, one thing I want to point out that you may not understand. That person who has done you wrong is not obligated to come and ask for forgiveness for you to give forgiveness. If someone does you wrong... They may not come and say, I'm sorry. A lot of times, believe it or not, people don't realize that they hurt your feelings. Because they've got this jokingly attitude, kind of like me, and say some things that we don't really think about. But we need to be willing to forgive those who have trespassed against us if we want our prayers to get above the ceiling. Now, I know I'm going a little bit longer than what I usually do because my cough drop is gone. Mm -hmm. I may have to dig for another one. 
But there's one thing that I want to assure you. That when you're broken, there's help. We've all been in the brokenness at one time or another. 21 years ago, I sat across from the doctors, Kay and I did. The doctor looked at me and he said, you have cancer. Probably one of the lowest times in my life. That's all he said. He didn't say how bad. He didn't say anything about it. He said, you're going to have to have surgery. And then we'll send everything off and get all the pathology reports and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, Kay and I just sat there with a dumbfounded look on our face. Didn't know what to do. Had about a week in there where we knew nothing other than it was going to be cancer. It was, it worked on me so bad I was planning my own funeral. I was planning on videotaping my own sermon for my own funeral. That way, you know, no one would have to lie about how good of a guy I was. (laughs) But we began to pray. And pray hard. And we run out of words. I know that's hard for you to say because, you know, I'm a preacher and I'm not supposed to run out of words. We're professional talkers. That's what I tell people. Kay says, you talk all the time. I said, well, I'm a professional. But I run out of words talking to God. And I prayed and I prayed and pretty soon no words come out. My mind went blank. And I turned to this scripture. In Romans chapter twenty, uh, uh, chapter eight, verse twenty-six. Chapter eight is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and uh, eight twenty-eight is my absolute most favorite verse. But it says, "Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. When things go wrong and we don't know where to turn, is when we're in our weakness." For we do not know what we should pray. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit, the mailman, remember? The mailman himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Which cannot be spoken. You see, the Holy Spirit is delivering a prayer for you that you have not said. But the Holy Spirit says, Jesus, Ray needs this. God, this person needs this. Whatever it is in your life, whether it's a a medical, financial, marital, emotional, doesn't matter what it is. In your brokenness, when you don't have words to say, the Holy Spirit says, this is what he's trying to get across to you, God. Verse 27 says, Now he, capital H, who searches the hearts, knows 
what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercessions for the saints according to what? According to the will of God. In my brokenness and through all this prayer that Kay and I prayed, I was sitting at my desk one day. I had prayed and prayed and read and prayed. And just like someone walked up behind me, a voice said, Ray, you're coming through this alive, even if it kills you. Now stop and think about it. Coming through this alive, even if it kills you. Because either way, I have eternal life. You see, had this cancer took my life, I still have life through Jesus. Such a comforting thought. Now, verse 28, and I'm going to close, I promise. Maybe. And we know. We know. It's not maybe. And we know that all things, all things, all, everything, good, bad, all. Things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. You see, if you want your prayers to get above the ceiling, if you want your prayers delivered to God by the Holy Spirit through Jesus who looks at your prayers and says, okay, God needs to handle this one. First of all, be bold enough to ask. Ask for the right thing. Get the right attitude. Don't hold a grudge. And the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. So, when you're in your brokenness, turn to God. When you, think you, when you don't feel like praying is when you need to pray the most. When you feel like your prayers are just hitting the ceiling, go back and pray again. Look at yourself. Say, am I in line with what God wants me to do? Am I in line with the way God wants me to live? And then he's going to answer Yes, no, or that great one, wait a while. How's your prayer life? Are you praying? Brother Ronnie said, was it seven minutes was for a great prayer warrior? Seven minutes a day? I was thinking last night as I was praying, and this happens to me a lot, and, and uh, I, I blame it on the chemotherapy and all that stuff, but uh, once in a while I'll be praying and my mind goes somewhere else, and I'll have to say, whoop, wait a minute, let's back up. God, I'm sorry I got sidetracked. Let's pray again. That's okay. Talk to him like you would your best friend because there's no better friend than God. And he wants to communicate with you. And when you get done praying, let him talk to you. Let him talk to you. Let him speak through his word and through the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to realize, wow, it's going far beyond the ceiling. Would you stand with me, please? Brother Gary, would you come? How's your prayer life? We've been talking about prayer.
in preparation for the entire month. We've learned a lot about prayer. Hopefully that we have applied it to our hearts. One thing about prayer is it doesn't do any good if you don't do it. The disciples wanted to learn how to pray and Jesus taught them. Now, we have tried our best to teach you to pray. If you're not praying, come and let us pray with you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, first of all, and most important, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, come and let us introduce you to him. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.